You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We haven't hit a lot of NBA on the show yet today, which is why it's amazing to have. I love this guy. This guy's so talented, and he makes me laugh. Probably because I always just like to pretend he likes hot takes that he doesn't. Uh, he is an incredibly talented writer, podcaster, reporter for Sports Illustrated. He's on Twitter at Howard Beck. It's pretty easy to figure out that it is Howard Beck on the line. Good morning. I'm assuming from Brooklyn or somewhere in New York. Good morning, Mr. Beck. Good morning, Mr. Ryder. Yes, from Brooklyn. Always from beautiful Brooklyn. You, um, in your in your illustrious career, you spent a lot of time covering the New York Knicks. You are in Brooklyn. You're not far from from uh, the Nets epicenter. How does the Nets' dysfunction this year compare to some of the the lows when you're covering that Knicks team? So in terms of culture, organization, what's going on? You know, it's funny because somebody said within the last couple of weeks, wow, this is like the most dysfunctional thing I've ever seen. And of course, like even the, the Kyrie situation on its own is pretty unprecedented. Like I've been, this is my 26th season of all the various kinds of and brands of controversy you could come up with on the court, off the court, personal life, professional, whatever, feuds, everything. The Kyrie situation stands alone. And on top of that, of course, you throw in, you know, Durant's offseason trade demand and then and wanting people fired, and then eventually they do fire Steve Nash, and then you have this, you know, this Emu Doka flirtation, like all this stuff. And I, I, I was actually thinking about this. Does this actually exceed any of the seasons that I covered the Knicks? Because I covered nine mostly dysfunctional, just wacky Knicks seasons, and I still think if I'm if I'm especially if it's based on mostly the basketball part of it, I still think the the craziest season I've ever covered was the 2005-2006 Knicks, where Larry Brown was the coach for only that year, celebrated when they hired him. Huge celebration. We've got Larry Brown, Hall of Fame coach. And they had Stephon Marbury. And they had Isaiah Thomas in the front office. And within weeks of the season, Marbury and Larry Brown are fighting. Larry Brown and Isaiah Thomas are fighting. Eventually, Isaiah and Marbury also are fighting. So at any given time, the three most important people on the basketball side, the team president, the head coach, and the point guard uh, and, the, and the star of that team, any given time, two of the three are fighting with each other. Maybe all of them are fighting with each other. So it, it just I, – I have not seen that before um, and since. So I think on a basketball level, that's still the most dysfunctional I ever covered, and that team won what was then a Knicks record low 23 games, if I recall correctly, uh, and then they – push Larry Brown out the door right after that season and then they forced Isaiah to coach that still strikes me I think as, as the most dysfunctional situation I've ever seen but this is right up there just it's just a different brand of dysfunction Howard back here on the show Howard I don't know Larry that well but I when I was a newspaper reporter in Kansas City I used to call him you know every three or four months for a quote over some background on camp right like gotta write a feature gotta get somebody on the line Larry's always available so I mean I knew him he knew me but not well and I was in a cab or an Uber somewhere in San Francisco for work, and my phone rang. It was Larry Brown. I hadn't spoken to Larry Brown in three years. I said hello, and he started screaming at me, accusing me of making up quotes and lying about a book that I had not written. 
And when I finally calmed him down and explained I wasn't the actual writer he was looking for, he, uh, <laughs> he wanted to talk for an hour about life. What, what kind of a character was that dude to be around every day? Uh, interesting, fascinating. Um, Larry, Larry's uh, a unique individual, um, kind of hard on his sleeve a little bit, um, and, you know, would just kind of say whatever's on his mind. Uh, could be a little Machiavellian, too. You know, he's going he's gonna to say some things that are, you know, different than Phil Jackson, but, is, but similar in that he might tweak his players through the media, sometimes by name, sometimes by just description, and you kind of know who he's talking about, and he starts talking about, you know, we, you know, we don't have a head on this team. Guys don't know score and time, uh, you know, on the clock and blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's like, is that a shot at Marbury? Is that a shot at Nate Robinson? Is it a shot at all of his point guards? Like, it, it's, he, he made it as a beat writer. You know, it's not fun if you're a Knicks fan, but he, as a beat writer, it was fun because you never knew what Larry was going to say from one day to the next. Um, and, you know, I, at the end of the day, I prefer honesty. You know, that honesty may not be what the organization wants to hear or what the fans of that team want to hear. But for us, you know, covering the team, it's like, all right, he's just laying it right all, all right out there. Um, but, yeah, um, Larry was, was uh, interesting to cover, to say the least. Howard back here on the show. Um, and he's a perfect example. You can hire someone who's an incredible coach, who has a track record of, of success. And you, you said Hall of Fame, eventual Hall of Fame person coach player former player former everything for you Ime Adoka two-part question would it have worked would it have worked and do you think the NBA league office got involved and is part of the reason that the breaks came to a screeching halt on the flirtation between Adoka and Brooklyn so the first part of your question would it have worked um, on the most basic level, yes, because Emi Udoka had, you know, already established relationships with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons. He's been an assistant coach for each of those guys in, in Brooklyn for two of them, and in Philly for Ben. And so, and he has finals experience, right? He did a great job with the Celtics last season. So, as a pure basketball matter, he could have been a successful coach for the Nets if we could just wish away or ignore everything else. But that's not very realistic. Um, and besides that, the second you hire him and bring him in, you've got a lot of explaining to do to everybody in your organization, basketball and non-basketball alike, because they're all looking at him going, wait, I don't know if we know everything that really happened in Boston, and, and this guy has a cloud over him. And, you know, I, I don't want to assume too much or speculate too much on that, Bill, but I will tell you that in speaking to people around the league last, last week, when it looked like Udoka was – a lock to get that job, and everybody around the league thought that that was going to happen, that it was imminent. Everybody I talked to was raising questions about whether that was the right thing, by, by, by which I mean they thought it was the wrong thing. And they would say things like, what are women in that organization going to think, and how do you explain it to them? Now, I, I, I hesitate to say that only because it, it puts Emir Doke in a certain light, and I, I don't know if that's fair or not, because, again, we don't know the full scope of what happened. We have very few details publicly about what happened in, in Boston between Ime, between you know a, a, a woman who was a subordinate there, and 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 with the rest of the organization, the way they handled it, it it's still kind of largely unexplained. But he was suspended for a full season for a reason, you you assume, and so people around the league look at that and think, well, that's not the person you should be hiring immediately, especially if you're the Nets who are already going through all kinds of other controversy. Um, is that really that wise? 
from all kinds of standpoints, including just basic optics. Which brings me to the second part of the question. You asked, did the league office get involved? I can't tell you for a 100% fact that the league office got involved, but if you ask me what I believe in my experience covering this league and what I know of, of Adam Silver as commissioner, of what I know of, of the league office, I believe, and I would, I would bet a fair amount on it, Again, I'm not reporting this as fact, but I would bet a fair amount that the league got involved and told the Nets uh, something to the effect of, are you crazy? Please don't do this. Because, <laughs> be, be, and, and not, again, this is not as a judgment on Ime Udoka. What I think the league's interest in this is, and I've run this, I've workshopped this, this uh, framework by several people in recent days, and they have not tried to dissuade me from this. They've not disagreed. The league would, if, if they did talk to the Nets, it would be something to the effect of, listen, one, you are undermining your partner franchise. These are 30 franchises that are in competition with each other, but they are in partnership with each other as well. So you are undermining your partner in Boston, who suspended this guy for a full season, and you're bringing him back after like six, seven weeks, undermining any notion of, of discipline or accountability for the issues that that. Uh, were present there. You're also undermining the NBA in general because from an optics standpoint, it makes the league look bad. Oh, the NBA, that league where a guy gets suspended for a full season for doing something untoward within his organization, but then gets another job, you know, six weeks into his suspension because another team wanted to win. Like it just looks kind of cynical and, and craven and it, and it, it undermines the sense that, that there is a value system and accountability in the league. So for all those reasons, I think the NBA probably did get involved. And though the Nets are insisting, no, 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 this was never a done deal. We uh, considered all kinds of candidates and we ultimately settled on Jacques Vaughn as our guy. Um, I'm, I'm not really buying that. All right. I, Howard, I know you don't make us do plugs for you because you're a great guy, but you sort of insist on, on hot takes because you deeply, deeply love and respect them. So before we get to how... That's sarcasm, dear listener. Before we get to um, what the back, which makes me laugh. It literally makes me giggle every time. One more basketball question for you, because I'm actually interested. I know it's, I know we're a long ways from the MVP conversation. I get it. But <laughs> here it comes. But you're the person I thought was 100% right on Russell Westbrook several years ago when he won the MVP as it related to his team's performance in conjunction with his vote. What would the Dallas Mavericks have to do this regular season for Luka to be a legitimate contender for the top of your MVP ballot if, as expected, and he's been unbelievable, he has a an MVP caliber season while other guys do too? Yeah, and, and look, a, a bunch of other guys are going to have MV, uh, MVP caliber seasons, um, including, of course, Giannis, um, and the Bucks have been amazing. Um, you can make a case for Donovan Mitchell. You can case, <clears throat> make a case for Jason Tatum. Like, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a crowded field per usual. Um, for Luca to win it, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to stick with my my philosophy on this, which you invoked Russell Westbrook, and you did for a reason because you know, in my mind, the, the the longstanding precedent, which has now been kicked to the curb twice in the last seven years or whatever, once for Westbrook and once for Jokic. My belief is you've got to be uh, anchoring a, a team that's a plausible contender, that is one of the top two or three teams in your conference, that won at least 50 games in a full 82-game season. And it, it, you're, it, you're not – I, I don't want to award MVP to a guy who put up massive numbers 
on a team that won 45 games, on a team that finished sixth in this conference, on a team that has no hope of getting out of the first round or maybe, maybe the second round, everything breaks right for them. And people can disagree with that, and many people do, but that is largely the history of the MVP and the NBA. And so the Mavericks have to be better. And I don't know if they've got the talent to be better. And if somebody wants to say, well, you're punishing Luka for having a bad roster around him, yeah, that's kind of it. Like, it's not so much that, because it's not an individual award. It is partially an individual award. The history of the award is, it indicates that it is not just the guy who had the best season, but the guy who had the best season for a team that mattered. And if the Mavericks don't matter, I have a harder time giving it to Luka. I know the election's over, but Howard Beck for uh, Borough President of Brooklyn or whatever the hell happens there. I should know. I used to live there. All right, we're going to do a couple rapid-fire what-the-becks. You ready? I'm never ready, but you're going to do it anyway. Yeah, you are. You love it. <laughs> what the Beck? The Jazz are contenders, yes or no? Go. <laughs> no. No? No. I, I, want... I, with, apo- with apologies, no. Do you want me to elaborate? Not really. <laughs> I mean, a little. <laughs> I want like a 30-second elaboration. I, uh Two points on why they're not. One, I think they're going to come back to to the field a little bit, and some teams that are underachieving right now, like the Warriors, are going to start to get their stuff together. Two, I'm still not convinced this is really what the Jazz want, and and I'm waiting for them to pull the plug in one way or another, trade Lowry Markin at the height of his trade uh, value or something along those lines. I don't know that this is really what the Jazz set out to do this season. What the Beck? LeBron James will never win a playoff series again with the Los Angeles Lakers. Ooh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That one's tough. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with wishful thinking and say that, no, he's going to win another playoff series, at least in his career. Um, I don't know. I don't trust the Lakers to figure this out. I, I don't trust the, that organization with all the decisions they've made over the last couple of years to figure this out and fix it in time. But I do have faith that LeBron himself has the ability to still lead a team somewhere when healthy and when he has decent supporting cast, which he does not right now. So either they fix it or maybe by next July, maybe he's asking out. We'll see. What the Beck? The Cleveland Cavaliers are a championship contender. Ooh, I like this one. Um, If you had asked me before the season started, I would have said, no, 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 no. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. This team is young. They just broke through last season. Yes, they got Donovan Mitchell, but let's give them time to grow, blah, blah, blah. Right now, I mean, I'm still going to say no, they're not right now. Um, only because the Celtics and the Bucks have the finals experience, in the Bucks' case, championship experience, more veteran cast, uh, more established, more time with each other. Those are still stronger teams in the East that I think will ultimately knock the Cavs out in whatever round. And the Cavs might make a run to the conference finals, which would still be a tremendous accomplishment given that they've never done anything for the last 30 years unless LeBron James was on the roster. It's been a long time since they succeeded in a non-LeBron season. Uh, so they're, they're ahead of schedule to me. They're much better than I thought they would be. But I still think that we're, I had them in that like five, six range before the season started. Now I think they're top four in the East. But I still think that the Celtics and Bucks are on a different plane. What the Beck? Peanut butter and jelly is gross. Where the heck did that one come from? Uh, we argue about it on the show all the time. I just don't understand it. I like peanut I, butter. I, I like jelly, but together? Listen, listen. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, uh, in, uh, I'm not going to say my age. I'm middle-aged. I still love peanut butter and jelly. I, I don't have it on a regular basis. Peanut butter and jelly is awesome. You're, just, you're un-American if you're slandering peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> 
I guess I want American. Howard, what the back man? Howard, as always, buddy, good to good to hear your voice. Thanks for being on. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 